The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. How about that for a fun game to be at tonight? Hopefully you were there because you witnessed lots of early offense and then lots of late defense, lots of great pitching towards the end, and a Royals victory. Welcome in to another edition of Clubhouse Conversation. Eight to six, KC prevails in front of over 35,000 out at Kauffman Stadium as the Royals get a much-needed victory over the Angels. And this game can pretty easily be broken down into three different categories. Number one, early offense by both teams. Both teams came out swinging and swinging well tonight. Number two, great bullpens by both teams. Number three, great defense by both teams. Let's go through it, though, in chronological order. Let's kind of break down this game from the start. Jason Vargas, with that strong wind blowing out to left, you had to be a little bit nervous coming into this one, knowing how the Angels hit lefties, how they connect on the long ball, knowing that he is probably due for kind of a rotten outing. And he did have one of those tonight. Although it looked like for a while, though, he would steady the ship and get deep in this game. As Vargas threw four, it only allowed two and was right around the 50 pitch mark. Looked like he could easily go seven, possibly eight, especially once the Royals got him some runs. But let's start from the beginning. He falls behind one nothing after Mike Trout homers. ESPN claims the ball still hasn't come down. Okay, I think the Royals said it was 445 feet. ESPN is claiming, what, 490? No way that ball is 490. Anyway, either way, it's a long home run. It's a solo shot, luckily. And then in the second inning, CJ Crone hit one as well. So 2 nothing Angels. Crone would go on to do his best Barry Bonds on steroids impersonation, going oppo later in the game off of Vargas. But the Royals, meanwhile, in those first couple innings, didn't look real good. They went down very methodically, very quickly. But then the crooked number streak that we have gotten so used to during that recent 10-game KC winning streak, it came back. And boy, was that fun. The Royals laid seven on the Angels in that third inning. And Matt Shoemaker, they would all end up being earned. There was an error, but didn't end up mattering. And the Royals batted around a plus two in that third inning. Seven runs. Let's go through it. Kind of well, we always talk about, and it's pretty obvious, that you need the extra base hit to win games in the American League consistently and to have really, really big innings. Now, the Royals in the third inning had only two extra base hits amongst its seven hits, and there was a walk in there. So the Royals had eight runners in the third inning and route to seven runs, but only two were extra base hits. But when one of those is a grand slam, the first one from Omar Infante, which I was surprised to hear about. He's been playing for a long time. But congrats to Omar getting his first big league grand slam you know, and at that time, too, the Royals had, what, three runs in when that at-bat came up? And you were just hoping for maybe five, maybe a base hit there to score two more. You had slow runners on the base with Butler and Perez. You were hoping for a sack fly for sure and then maybe a hit to get in a fifth run there. But, I mean, the grand slam at that time, you're kind of like, ball game, this one's over. You knew it wasn't totally over because it's still the Angels, and we've seen Vargas before this year get five-run leads and blow them, such as, you know, the game earlier this year against the White Sox and Scott Carroll when he was ahead 5 nothing in the first inning, and they actually lost that game. So you knew the game wasn't over, but it did seem like it. And you didn't actually think that the Royals would need that grand slam, but they did. Thank God, and Fonte hit it. Because after Vargas came back and threw up the zero in the fourth, well, he became completely unglued in the fifth. Could not get a single angel out. He faced six. All six got on base. There was one BS, you know, infield 20-foot hit in there that rolled to a stop, but it doesn't matter. It still counts. Royals had a you know a couple bloops there as well, so it evened out. But Vargas gave up three on his own when Michael Marriott came in with the bases loaded and nobody out. So let's go through this fourth inning, the inning that would decide the game. 
as we'd find out later, because the scoring would just pretty much stop from that point on. But in that fourth inning, yeah, bases loaded, nobody out, three runs in. Nadios goes to Michael Marriott. Actually, it's the fifth inning, I'm sorry. The fifth inning we're talking about. He threw up a zero in the fourth. So we're going through the fifth inning right now. So three runs are into the fifth, and Michael Marriott's in with the bases loaded, nobody out. Kind of an interesting choice to put Marriott in there. I understand it's the mid-innings, you know, middle of the game. You don't usually use a Herrera or a Crow in that situation. I might have liked to have seen them, although Nedios probably at the time he got Marriott up didn't expect that Vargas wouldn't get a single out and there'd be two more singles loading the bases. Anyway, didn't matter. The Royals got out of it, but give Marriott credit. He gets his first big league win tonight, but it was thanks to defense. First of all, he did come in throwing strikes, getting Albert Pujols to line out to Alex Gordon, who made a nice play. You know, it it wasn't a spectacular play, and it's a play that Gordon makes all the time, but it was still a nice play. So the first out is made by the defense, which was point number two earlier. I mentioned how good that defense was tonight for both teams. Out number two is the most underrated play of the game that nobody will talk about, the Mike Moustakis running into foul territory to capture Josh Hamilton's popper near the stands over there on the warning track. Moose ran all the way over, made a nice play on the run, kind of over his head. That was a tough play. And who knows what happens if he doesn't get to that. I mean, that was not an easy play. That was a very tough play. That's a, that's a very good play by Moose to retire Hamilton. You don't want to give these big bats any extra swings, and the Royals didn't. And then, man, the play happened. For this game, at least. No one's going to remember the play in a week or a year from now. But tonight, the play, you know what I'm talking about. Lorenzo Kane, Howie Kendrick hits a complete no-doubt double into the right field, right center field gap. And Kane just runs a country mile makes the catch, and Casey and Michael Marriott get out of it as Jason Vargas only allows one more run since Marriott only allowed one of the three inherited runners to score. So four runs are allowed in that inning, all you know, charged to Vargas. Marriott did a nice job of coming in and throwing strikes. There was some great defense played behind him. And the Royals got out of that, and that'd be the end of the scoring for the Angels, although it sure didn't seem like it at that time. And then in the sixth, Marriott came back out. He walked a leadoff hitter, which you'd never do. Omar Infante made an error with an out mixed in between. Calvin Herrera then comes in. I know Marriott gets the win. To me, Herrera deserved the win tonight because the Royals' defense kind of did more of the work in the fifth. I, I acknowledge that Marriott threw strikes, but Herrera came in and bailed Marriott out in the sixth. And then in the seventh inning, went down Broadway in order to get Mike Trout, Albert Pujols, and Josh Hamilton after bailing out Marriott in the sixth and then after bailing out Infante in that error. So to me, Calvin Herrera came in and really got the save or the win. He got neither, but he, he deserves big credit tonight. Calvin Herrera, to me, is the pitcher of the game tonight for the Royals. 2.36 ERA now for Herrera. He's missing bats, not a single home run allowed this year. So Herrera is having a very, very good season. For some reason, he seems to be a whipping boy of many Royals fans, which I don't really understand. He's been great this year, but I digress. The eighth inning, Wade Davis, same old Wade, one, two, three, mowing him down with two Ks. Holland, not safe for work in the ninth. Strikes out the side. Speaking of NSFW, put that bullpen effort together. Listen to this. Five shutout innings against the Angels. We're not facing the Toledo Mudhens here. This was the Angels. Five shutout innings, no hits for the bullpen. Nine strikeouts and one walk. Repeating, five shutout innings, no hits, nine strikeouts, one walk for the Royals' bullpen. Jason Vargas, his line, not quite as pretty, obviously. Four-plus, give up six runs on nine hits, only struck out one, allowed three home runs, no walks. Not good, but... You know, he was due for that. Vargas has been so good. That's his first meltdown since the Detroit Sunday afternoon game against Justin Verlander. What, how long was that? Seven starts ago? Something like that. It's been quite a while since that game. So, although that did end my 
dream of Vargas becoming an all-star tonight as the area moves up into the upper threes now. So my dream of him sneaking in as a dark horse has come unglued the last two outings, which sucks, but Vargas doing a hell of a job this year, no, no doubt about that. The Royals' bullpen was great tonight. The defense was great tonight. Just a nice win by the Royals. I mean, the only negatives were a, a bad outing by Vargas, which he was due for, and an error by Omar Infante, a pass ball by Salvi. That stuff all happens. Overall, great defense, great hitting, great bullpen. Better than great bullpen. Amazing bullpen. CJ Crone, as we mentioned earlier, some other notes. Did his best Barry Bonds on Roids impersonation tonight. And one of the notes from the game tonight was that LA can flash some serious leather out there too. Both LA teams, we how many times did the Dodgers, you know, steal hits away from the Royals, especially in that Wednesday night game? The play up the middle on Butler, the play at the end on Can. I mean, there were several times in that series the Dodgers just made great plays out there. The Angels, how about that play David Freeze made stealing a double away from Kane in the eighth? That was ridiculous. Kane completely destroyed that ball. Now, tomorrow, let's go through the next two games. Now, first of all, we, coming into this homestand to refresh, we said five and four was the goal, which obviously is not going to happen now. And we said four and five was acceptable and the worst case, you know, what you wanted to have happen. The Royals now sit at two and five. They can still get to that four and five mark by winning the next two. They do have one pitching edge tomorrow and a slight disadvantage on Sunday. So the Royals could definitely still win these next two. But obviously, you know, I take it series by series. Seattle's over. The Dodgers is over. It was disappointing in that Dodgers series. The Royals really could have won two out of three in that series. But they didn't. It's part of baseball. But you have to win this series now. You have to, especially after you win game one. But even if you had lost tonight, you'd still have to win this series. Because you, you know, after that 10 in, a low, 10 in a row streak, you've lost six of seven, and you're playing in front of a big crowd, you're at home. You have to win some of these games. You have to beat good teams to get where you want to be. And the Royals did that tonight. They lined up and beat the Angels, a very good baseball team tonight. But you got to, at the very minimum, split these next two. Three and six would not be a good homestand overall, but it would at least salvage things from where they were. You come into this series with just one win in six games. If you can get out of it with three wins in nine games, okay, at least you salvaged it. It's not where you want to be totally, but you're not that far off from where you want to be. You win the next two, then you're fine. You go four and five in this homestand. I said that was acceptable. It's no big deal. So can the Royals do it? I think they can. Will they? That's a different different story, obviously. But the Royals face an old nemesis, which seems to, you know, a guy that's not pitching real well that the Royals used to play and beat sometimes. It seems like they always get shut down by these kind of guys after big wins, doesn't it? But I like their chances tomorrow. They're facing good old lefty Hector Santiago. We saw him from his White Sox days. He's 0-7. Who cares? Throw that out. Nobody cares about record. We're smarter than that. We're baseball fans here. Real baseball fans. 4-4-1 ERA. Not particularly good, obviously, for Santiago. He is striking out almost a hitter per inning, 43 and 49 innings, but gives up a lot of hits and walks. Royals have yet to see him this year. With Ventura going for the Royals, you got to win that game tomorrow. And I'll tell you, I do not want to see Maxwell in the lineup tomorrow. Play him against C.J. Wilson on Sunday. Dyson's playing too good. The defense is too good. Put Dyson back out there tomorrow. I want Dyson in there. Santiago's not a shutdown lefty. Wilson is. So I want to see Maxwell in there Sunday, not tomorrow. That's my PSA right now, my my little statement. So we'll give Casey the edge tomorrow. Then Sunday, Guthrie, who's been pitching like Sandy Koufax lately, against C.J. Wilson, who's 8-6 and six of the 3-7-0. The Royals did face C.J. Wilson back on May 23rd. Six and a third, he went against Casey, allowing one run on four hits with four Ks and three walks. He'll be a handful, no doubt. He's legit. Legit good number one. Superb number two. Either however you want to look at it. C.J. Wilson, a great pitcher. The Royals will get him 
on Sunday. So you want to win that game tomorrow. Just win it tomorrow. Take advantage of the game you have the edge in. Then you've salvaged the homestand, and you can kind of go and play a little bit looser on Sunday. It's not going to be the end of the world if they lose on Sunday if they win tomorrow. So I do think the Royals will win tomorrow. Looks like some weather will be moving in and out. Hopefully they will play that game tomorrow. Could be some delays, so it's another one of those games that would be good to get a nice early lead in. Be nice if Ventura doesn't get shut down after three or four innings because of a rainstorm. We'll see what happens. We'll have it for you here on Clubhouse Conversation. Nice win tonight by the Royals. Like I said, they can salvage the homestand by splitting the next two, and they can have a pretty good homestand if they can sweep the Angels here. And I have not checked the latest Detroit score. Let's hope they win or lose tonight. Sorry, they were tied 3-3 three to three in the bottom of the eighth when I began this dish. So let's hope they end up losing as well. Either way, the Royals did their part tonight and did close a little ground between them and the Angels. Although it's doubtful they catch the Angels this year. But we, you know, we, we're, we're aiming for the division right now. That's what I'm looking at. I'd given up on it earlier this year, as any sane person had, when the Royals got six, seven games back and were not playing well and Detroit was on fire. Then Detroit melted down, the Royals pulled out, and then now it's vice versa. So, uh, But I'm still eyeing the division right now. But it's still nice to know you're picking up some games on teams that are most likely going to finish in second place in their respective divisions, as the Angels probably are since the Oakland A's never seem to lose. Anyway, we'll be back tomorrow on Clubhouse Conversation. Have a good night. Enjoy this one. Go Royals.